From Uninterrupted, this is 17 Weeks, the show that gives you the real-time perspective of NFL stars living through the weekly grind of a season. I'm your host, Nate Burleson. And we're joined by three of my favorite guys in the league, New Orleans Saints wideout Emmanuel Sanders. You got a situation like the Titans, you like, dang, like, is this going to happen to every single NFL team at some point? Seattle Seahawks DB Jamal Adams. Oh, and I miss New York. We miss it. Playing there, it just wasn't for us. Like, it's not that we were, we couldn't handle the, the, the pressure. Like, I can't stand what people say. We couldn't handle the pressure. And Pittsburgh Steelers tight end, Eric Ebron. You want to fight, send me a location, an address, whatever. We can meet in the offseason. We can meet midday, parking lot. We can meet in church. Jesus is going to see the ass whooping wherever. So he might as well do it in his own backyard. Before we get to this episode, quick timeout. 17 Weeks is available exclusively on the Pandora app and SiriusXM On Demand. And be sure to subscribe and share the show too while you're at it. All right, let's get to the show. It's time for The Breakdown. As we hit the quarter season mark, the story of the week could be the play of the six remaining unbeatens, Green Bay and Seattle in the NFC, and KFC, Buffalo, Pittsburgh, and Tennessee in the AFC. The firing of Houston's coach and GM Bill O'Brien after just four games, or maybe the continued fantastic play of Russell Wilson. But this is 2020, so the story of week four is something unprecedented. COVID-19 forced the postponement of one game, Pittsburgh at Tennessee, and the moving of the New England KC game from Sunday to Monday. My co-hosts had unusual weeks themselves. Jamal was nursing a groin injury, so he knew early on in his week that it was not going to be typical. Eric quickly found out that his week was going to be up in the air when members of the Titans, the Steelers' upcoming opponent, had tested positive for COVID. And Emmanuel and his Saint teammates were asleep in a Detroit hotel early Sunday, unaware that the team had been informed that fullback Michael Burton had tested positive, requiring those he had been in contact with to be tested and cleared before the game could go on. Richard certainly was a scare when the Saints landed in Detroit last night and were told fullback Michael Burton had tested positive for the coronavirus. I have found out when I woke up because the night before a game, I have my phone on do not disturb. You know, I woke up to a couple of text messages saying at first when I read it, like my eyes were like halfway open. I'm like, what? The game canceled? What, what's going on? And then I get a text message that said, no, it's going to be played. And then I get the ESPN alert and I get all this like in sync. It was like the weirdest, weirdest stuff ever. But uh, I was just I was just happy that we were able to play the game because one thing that I didn't want to do is I didn't want to stay, you know, out there for two or three days to wait and see around and just to play a game. And so and not only that, like I don't want to seem not sympathetic to, you know, him catching the COVID as well. I was also happy that nobody on our team had it because I think it spread like the red, you know, like wildfire. So. Uh, you know, definitely was a crazy, crazy uh, list of events. You know, uh, you play long enough in this league, you think you done seen it all. And then the next thing you know, you haven't seen it all. And so it's one of those situations that, you know, I'll be talking about. But, you know, we still got plenty of ball left. So, yeah, definitely sitting across from, you know, I didn't I ne- it never crossed my mind that I have it or not. It was more of like, damn, like this thing is close. Right. Like, and I think that we're all sensing that in the NFL is like, damn, like COVID-19 is closer to us than we thought. Emmanuel, what was going on behind closed doors? How did your teammates react? A couple of the running backs, you know, they were expressing uh, just how, you know, they had to be woken up at two in the morning to do the test and 
Uh, it wasn't your typical test. Like, I think Latavius was like, dude, they like stuck it like all the way up my nose. And he was like, man, that, he was like, that shit hurt. And, and so, you know, the night before a game, you're up at three in the morning getting COVID tested. Uh, when you got a big game the next day, I think we had like six or seven guys have to deal with it. And Sean Payne was up all night dealing with it. And Burton was up all night. You know, I ain't going to say that, you know, it, it affected us, but. You know, we definitely, uh, they definitely got up on us 14 points real fast. <laughs> so guys had to wake up. And Russell Wilson going for the end zone. And the pass is caught for the touchdown. Although he stayed home in Seattle, Jamal Seahawks traveled to Miami to take on the Dolphins, winning 31 to 23. Showing signs of improvement, Jamal. You good? Yeah, definitely, bro. Doing doing a lot better, bro. It, I, I'm, I'm ready to get back. I mean, it's time, you know, but it, but right now, right now is not not the time for me. You know, I'm just resting. Um, you know, I've been reflecting on myself and, you know, just trying to get my mind right with this injury, you know, dealing with this. Um, you know, at first it was real hard for me, man, to, to, to deal with this. And, uh, you know, I beat myself up a little bit. Uh, but, man, you know, I'm I'm so thankful. I'm so blessed. Um, to be in a situation, you know, where I am now, um, I've ca- I've came a long way from on, on the field and off the field. You know what I mean? So it's been a journey, you know, even though it hasn't been that long. But, you know, missing, missing, you know, that game that really ate at me, bro. But at the same time, you know, I just see a bigger purpose that's about to happen for me. The Titans-Steelers game that was scheduled for this week is being rescheduled for later this season after two more positive tests came into Tennessee. Eric and the Steelers spent much of week four in limbo. As they were preparing for a game against Tennessee and Nashville, several Titan players and personnel tested positive for COVID-19. Pending more tests, Sunday's game was placed on hold. There will still be hopes of playing Monday or even Tuesday, but a few more Titan personnel tested positive. The game was rescheduled for week seven, and just like Eric predicted, Last week suddenly became the Steelers' bye week. I mean, you just know. I mean, what else What else can you possibly do? You know what I'm saying? It's, I mean, it is what it is. But what's crazy is we probably weren't going to get a bye week anyway because we still got to do COVID tests every day. So it's not like you can go anywhere. So for anyone looking forward to bye week, shit, you're just going to be sitting at home, <laughs> waking up at 8 a.m., going to take a COVID test. Bro, it's insane. Not gonna lie to you, this has to be one of the lamest seasons in football ever. It just, it just doesn't allow you much to do besides play football. And I mean, at the end of the day, that's our job. But it's like, we we get we we have to play football, but not to be able to do anything to really take your mind off of football, it becomes, it becomes lame, man. It becomes lame. So you know, we got to do what we got to do. It's only for a couple weeks, a couple months. Hopefully go to the Super Bowl. Eric and Jamal didn't step on the field for different reasons. Now, Jamal, you had an idea you probably wouldn't be ready to play the Miami game. What was the hardest part of not being able to take the field? The meetings and whatnot, I didn't want to... It wasn't that I didn't want to be around my teammates. I didn't want to be out there because I felt like I was letting them down. Like, I I didn't want to feel like I wasn't playing. Does that make sense? Like, that's the reason why... I had to get out of the meeting rooms because I was beating myself up because I was so mad and sad, you know, that I wasn't going to be on the field to compete with compete with my brothers. You know what I mean? I, I really felt like I was letting Seattle down. I was letting the fans down. Pete Carroll, three 
I feel like I was letting all them boys down, man. Like the whole the whole entire building because you know they did so much for me. But I had a lot of talks with a lot of the guys. Pete Carroll, I mean, them guys got me through it, man. And, and, and you know, obviously through my faith and just trying to get better with with the man upstairs. Uh, I'm I'm excited, you know, when the time you know presents itself for me to get back out there. Just watch out, man, because I'm 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 really on a I'm really on a mission. It's gonna be exciting, man, when that time comes. How does a world class athlete like you accelerate healing? Any tricks to getting back on the field sooner, bro? It's nothing like. It's nothing spectacular like like you think, bro. We're, bro, we're normal people. Like, people got to realize this. Like, we are normal people. We're just athletes. We don't do the impossible. We don't, we don't make up workouts. It's none of that. Like, it's literally the same workouts that people you would think. But when we, like, see fans talk about us and stuff like that, it's like, bro, we, we're human just like you. Like, do y'all realize that? It's like, oh, no, because you're – an athlete or you're a celebrity, you have to be perfect and you have to live this perfect life. No, we're human too. So it's, it's, it's still the same, bro. It's just different pool workouts, um, different mechanics, uh, different doctors I'm seeing. I'm doing it all. As much as you love being out there with your teammates and as much as you live for the competition, it must take a toll on you not being able to take the field. Do you think it affects your mental health, Jamal? This isn't my life, but it's part of life for me. You know what I mean? And this is this is something that when it's gone and it's taken from me, it eats me alive. It was it was tough to deal with, man. That Monday and Tuesday, man, just beating myself up. A lot was eating at me at the time. You know, always, you know, just trying to be perfect. For me, you know, at the beginning, man, I, I kind of like had to get away. You know, I, I, I honestly didn't want to be in meetings on the simple fact of like my mentals, like my mentals was kind of bad at the time when this first happened. And, you know, I wouldn't say I was I was fighting depression like I, I went through, but I was really beating myself up. And it was something that I had to like, kind of look back from when I did go through depression to, to be like, hold on, no, 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 no. We're not going back there. We not, we not about to start that mental back over. Like we gon' we, we already moved on from that. You know what I mean? And, uh, that that showed me a lot about myself, man. It's a it's a it's a special thing when you when you when you when you play this game because it teaches you more than just football. It teaches you about life, bro. Jamal, you have so much energy. You spent Sunday live tweeting the Dolphin game from your home. How'd that happen? Honestly, that was like that was for me. It was like to show I'm kind of still locked in. Like no matter what, I'm still here. I'm I'm still locked in to y'all boys, man. And I'm. I was tuned in, bro, like watching the whole game, calling out plays and hoping my teammates make all these plays and they went out there and they executed, bro. Like those guys don't, they don't need me, man. Those guys been doing this way before me. Them dudes is beasts. And I'm just, I'm just here to help. And we're gonna find a way to win. Find a way. And that's what makes this team and this organization so special. We just gonna find a way. We don't make excuses. We find ways, man, to get it done. So Eric. You had to wait to hear if you were playing a game Sunday or not. Where were you when you got the news that your game had been postponed? Right here. There's nothing no, right here. There's nothing we could do. You they sent us the schedule. They told us in a uh, team meeting on Thursday. We practiced Wednesday as if we were playing and wasted that practice day for no reason. Um I guess we got better. Um, if you want to say that, but when you're preparing for an opponent and then don't get to play that opponent, you 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 wasted that day. So 
um, we was here, man. They told us everything we had to do, and hopefully, you know, we get to play this week. Eric, once the Tennessee game is officially off the schedule, what happens? Does Coach T just hit guys up and say, you got the week off? It's your bye week. We don't got a game. Go home. I don't want to see you. If I can't, I, if I'm not coaching, you know, then essentially I don't need to be here. There's nothing for me to coach. So everybody go home. Emmanuel, incredible come from behind victory over Detroit to go two and two. You make a major contribution, grabbing six receptions for 93 yards. You seem to be getting more and more comfortable in that offense every week. Does it feel that way to you? You know, for me, like, you know, just going and seeing the tweets and, you know, the previous, like, three weeks, like, I, I didn't get a feel that, you know, the, the who that nation knew, like, what I could do and who I was. And, you know, even after this game right now, six catches, 93 yards, yeah, it's all good. But for me, like, I feel like they still don't know who I am and what I'm capable of. And, I, and, and it's all about proving yourself to the organization and to the fan base. It's not about any outside factors for me like I want my teammates to know that like I love when my teammates in crucial situations when they when they walk up to me and they say E we need you baby you get what I'm saying because that mean they believe in me and that mean that I done showed them time and time again that they can count on me and so you know and I, I understand that's the same with the fan base you know I love when you know the, the Denver fans you know walk up to me and be like yo we knew like in in, in, in clutch plays like you were going to come down with the ball. And that made me feel good, right? Because you put in so much hard work. And so, you know, I, yeah, I had a, a, a decent game, six catches, 93 yards, but I'm, I'm still waiting on that, that big, big game. At some point, at least two or three of these times we'll be talking, I'll be telling you, I told you it was going to come. I told you it was going to come. I want to explode on the scene. Monday night, the Saints host the LA Chargers. Yet another primetime game. The Saints third in the first five games. Emmanuel, I know you like balling out on the big stage. But this has to be exhausting, right? Dude, when I saw we was playing on Monday night, I was like, dude, like, what is going on? Like, you, you know, you, you want the exposure and everything, but it's just that 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 whole weight of sitting around and we like waiting on the game and then the schedule the schedule week. But, you know, at the same time, for the Saints organization of playing primetime football, I mean, that's everything you, you you want, right? It's just that, it's just that weight. Cause this past game, we played at one o'clock. You know, I was at home at eight o'clock with a beer in my hand, you know, like, like that's what you want. You go to work nine to five, you sit at home, you're at home with a beer in your hand on the couch after a win and your kids run around, you're able to tuck them in the sleeve and it's good night. But now you you sit around, you wait all day, the game start at eight, you get done at midnight, you know? And so, you know, it's, it's fun, but at the same time, and we practice at 12 o'clock every day. So you gotta like train your body different to be able to, wake up at eight o'clock and go and play some football you know and take that pound so it's definitely different uh it has the pros and pros and cons but you know if i had it my way i definitely want to play it at noon but you know it's nothing like primetime football and putting it on display and seeing in front of you know your peers in the whole world jamal next week the seahawks take on the vikings on sunday night will you be ready to go we'll see man you know that's god's timing bro you know i don't i don't really speak about you know, injuries and the severity, I don't get into all that, man. That's just God's timing, bro. And that's and that's for coach, you know. So I'm 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 just focused on on the next day. I'm I'm focused on winning the next day. I can't I can't think of ahead. I gotta win each day. Uh but I, if I'm not myself, I'm not gonna get out there. I you know, I wanna be myself. I wanna show I wanna show and prove to myself I can I can really take off. It's a tough matchup for us. Uh we gotta come out and execute. 
you know, we got we we, we got to feed off one another and and, and pull this win out because it would be huge going into the bye, get everybody back. Then we are, we we on and rolling, man. We we back on the marathon. How about you, Eric? Sunday you have the Eagles, fresh off their big win over the Niners, coming into Pittsburgh for the Battle of Pennsylvania. After the unplanned bye week, will you be prepared to take the field, man? I come in here to play 18 to 22 weeks uh, of regular season and playoff football. I mean, that's what I train my mind and my body for. So when you take a week out or an unscheduled week, man, it just throws your your chemistry off. So I'm eager to just get back on roll, man, get back to what we were doing, you know, get back to my rhythm, my, you know, our, our schedule. Our, that's like how we had it going, you know, so. That's really all I'm ready to get back to is just normality, really, instead of, you know, not knowing or the uncertainty of what if. So, yeah, I'm ready. Just get back to football. This week on The Huddle Up, Eric Jamal and Emmanuel share their thoughts on a little discussed aspect of being a pro athlete, the stress and strain it puts on family life and relationships. While it's a difficult enough balancing act during a normal NFL season, COVID-19 compounds all that. All three of our guys are playing with new teammates in new cities, and their individual situations present their own set of challenges. Emmanuel is married with kids. In the off season, I live in Denver, and so out here, I'm just I'm just renting this house, and it was definitely uh, tough to find a house out here in New Orleans because you know they, they it's like an older city, so it's a lot of older houses, and I got I got expensive taste, and so. It's a, it was a process. Uh, definitely spent at least two months away from my family, about a month and a half away from my family until I could find a house and then they could come out and we could get situated. So, you know, I think a lot of people don't understand, like, the stress that sometimes the NFL puts on on a family. And, you know, for me, like, I, it's my 11th year and I've lived in six different cities. I've probably lived in 10 to 11 different houses, you know, just moving around and just trying to get fit. Cause when I first got out the Denver, it was an apartment and then another apartment. And then I was like, okay, I think I can get a house. And then I think I can buy a house. And then I got traded mid season to San Fran. And, it, you know, so moving with a family and then, you know, with the kids and everything, it's, it's definitely tough, but it's something that, you know, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta battle and you gotta do what, what you gotta do, you know, for your family to be comfortable. For Emmanuel, there's nothing more important than family. I don't know. I lost my mother, uh, you know, in 2011. And for me, like, my mentor once told me, God not making no more time and God not making no more land. And so, uh, for me, like, the situation, I flew my family out here on a private jet. They've been literally quarantined in the house. My son right, right now is doing virtual uh, learning. Uh, and, you know, I don't want to go six months without my family, like, you know, I don't want to do that. Like these kids, especially my kids, they grow they grow up fast in a matter of you know two months. And so, uh, I just I just saw it as like instead of risking it and, and saying, oh, you guys are gonna stay back, and then I'm gonna fly to come see you, and then hop on a plane, and then y'all hop on a plane and come see me, and hop back on a plane. I just feel like that risk is way higher, right? Because who's really going to go six months without seeing their family? When he signed with the Steelers this spring, Eric faced a difficult choice. Uh, yeah, so my family stays in Houston and I'm in Pittsburgh. Um, so this 2020 season, we decided to separate essentially uh, our family because, you know, I have to play and, and essentially work 
and my family is at home staying away from my work because my work has some stipulations in it on which I don't want my family to be a part of, and that's COVID. I mean, it is what it is. So, yeah, my family's in Houston. I'm in Pittsburgh, and but yeah, do you miss them? It, it, they're your kids. Of course, you miss them. Do you miss your wife? Yeah, that's your wife. Of course, you miss her. But that's 2020. When it comes to my friends and family, I'm not really seeing anybody. I'm literally here by myself. I mean, my massage therapist comes. My a couple of my homies may come up. Um, but as of right now, it's. I'm working. I have to, you know, try to be as healthy as possible. So, you know, there is no real like hoorahs and come right. You could barely have people in the stadium. What's the point of coming to coming to see me? You can't go to the game. So there ain't no point of coming here. Jamal's single. I'm by myself, you know. So the only person that comes over here is my chef, you know, so. And he he got tested when he got here. I got him tested. So we have a, we have a nice plan in place uh, for the team that that coach got to set up on anybody we bring in. We just get them tested and then make sure you know they're they're in, you know they're, they're they're safe to be around. You know what I mean? So you don't want to. That's the I think that's what separates us too is just being smart and, and as a team we have one mission and everybody has a mission in the building. It's not even just the football team. Like everybody's on one goal. We're smart about being tested. We're getting tested every day and we're having a plan. All three of my co-hosts play for veteran teams with respected veteran coaches. It seems like teams like that police themselves. Jamal, how strict are the Seahawks COVID protocols? We inside, man. We not trap. We not outside. We not doing no Ubers. We sticking to it, man. And, and I think the best the best team that does that is gonna win this whole thing. It's even more difficult to win that Super Bowl. So when we go get that thing, <laughs> it's gonna be that much sweeter. If you dig what I'm saying. Emmanuel, what about the Saints protocols? You know, one thing that I like to Sean Payton broke down to us prior to the season even starting, that he said that everybody has a story every single day. Only you know what you do with that story. He was pretty much talking about that everybody has a story based off how they can get COVID-19. And he said, you know your story. And it's around our locker room, around our organization. He said it's like 120 different stories of people coming into the building and out of the building. And he said... Make sure that your story is correct every single day so we don't lose a player and we can, you know, try to attain what we want to attain. And so it's one of those situations that right now it's not that big of a deal. But as these games get tighter and people start making moves in terms of the, the playoffs and think about if somebody think about when the, when the playoffs come about and the Super Bowl is about. You don't think that like teams are going to go into a hard bubble and say, hey, look, these next three weeks we're on pure lockdown because if somebody contracts it, you can miss the Super Bowl, right? So, you know, it's it's one of those situations that, you know, it's it's starting to come about because you got a lot of factors. A lot of cities are starting to open back up more. People are starting to get out more. Families starting to travel more. And so uh, I think that the NFL is definitely about to have its real, real test of COVID because we're different in the NBA. You know, we're different in the NBA in, in terms of, you know, we're not in a bubble. And truthfully, I think we're different in baseball because baseball, they can control a lot more because they're playing games every single day. They're they're on the road and traveling and you don't really see people coming in uh, to town for one big game. You know, they're always, you know, and their families probably rarely ever travel to even want to go to the games, you know. And so, you know, we're definitely uh, coming to our big test. If more and more incidents like we saw this week continue to pop up, you have to wonder how concerned players will be. Eric. 
Are you worried? Nope, because it's what we signed up for. If we were so worried about that, we wouldn't have never signed up to play this year. So, I mean, it's it's self-explanatory why we are here and why we are playing. But um, at the end of the day, you just hope you don't, you know, you don't catch it. Honestly, there's nothing we can do about it. That's what's crazy. Nothing you can do. Go play football. That is your job. That is what needs to be done. That is our assignment. That is what we have to do. So COVID injuries. I mean, COVID is essentially like an injury. If you get injured, you know, and you miss time, then it's the same thing, bro. It's, we got to replace you. We got to figure out our alternate route. We They up the practice squad. You know, we got to move the practice squad around. We got to. That's it. But you're going to play on Sunday. Emmanuel, how are you dealing with the possibility? You know, I can control the variables of staying in my house, but every day I'm at work. Every day somebody has a different story. That other team has a different story. Like, And now you're hearing reports of big-time players, Cam Newton, you know, uh, all kind of players. You know, they're catching this thing, and you got a situation like the Titans. you like, dang, like, is this going to happen to every single NFL team at some point? Right? And so, you know, that's definitely crossing guys' mind. I mean, for me, like, if I get it, I get it. Like, I'm not really scared of it. Uh, I don't know how it's going to affect my body, and I, but I'm not, you know, I'm just speaking honestly. I'm not I'm not scared of it. You know, if I get it, I feel like I, I could fight it. But if I can't, you know, hey, it would just one well my time. Two days after playing every defensive snap in the Patriots' Monday night loss to the Chiefs, Pats cornerback Stephon Gilmore tested positive. New England immediately shut down their facilities. This comes after Cam Newton tested positive last week. Jamal, any words of encouragement for your boy Cam? If if he is listening listening to this, man, keep going, bro. You know, you keep you you doing you doing you do you doing the impossible that people didn't even think you could do. Keep keep going, keep being you, bro. Never change and stay aligned like we talked about, bro. Keep being that line that you are. You know, but this is just a bump in the road. You already know I salute you, bro. So keep at it. Players are used to staying focused, but they are also essentially living and traveling in a bubble for the length of the season. How can all the unknowns of the coronavirus not affect you? Oh, man, I, I tell you what, it definitely uh, it hits me some days, man, where I just ooh, I feel like I'm in a cloud. Like, I just feel weird. Like, and it's hard to explain. Like, I'll be I like one day I'll be good in a good mood. And then it just seems like like so much stuff just annoys me about it. Right. It's like, why do we have to go through this? Why do we have to do this? Like. Why is there no fans? Like, why is there no fans at these games? Like, like what? You know, like it, it's not like normal, right? And so, for me, like mentally, like it, it takes me in a tank sometimes, and it takes like two or three days for me to really get out of it. And uh, sometimes I find myself having to go and just meditate and um, just find like a, a a quiet place and really like gather my thoughts and like bring myself back to the reality that 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 this is not how. It is. This is just how it is right now. Right. You know, and after I started to understand, I say it is what it is. I can't control it. And then that's when I kind of get out of that cloud. But I mean, even going to work every single day, you're getting stuff stuck up your nose, getting tested. And, you know, it's going to take it takes a toll on anybody. Right. Because, you know, nobody is just in a good mood every single day. Right. That's just when things are normal. So imagine when things aren't normal, how it can really take you in a tank. Right. Uh, because you want to get back to to some type of normal, like go like on a Friday, like I wanted to, like especially with kids. For me, like I got two kids running around this house all day long, not going to school, 
tearing up stuff. Like, literally, like, you should have saw me earlier trying to find just pieces to start this podcast up because my my kids done took it and just hid it somewhere under the couch. I'm stepping on toys. And then here, COVID. Like, I can't even take them out of the house to even go to a movie or I can't, you know, I can't do anything. We're stuck right here in this place right now. And, you know, and so, you know, they say happy wife, you know, happy life, you know. You know, my wife is at home all day with the kids. So imagine, you know, when I get home after Sean Payton beat me down on the, on the practice field, she's dealing with kids and she's, I understand why she's frustrated because she's used to them being at school and she's virtu- she's teaching my son virtual learning and, you know, he he's giving her a hard time. And so, you know, it's a whole bunch of stuff that I got to balance. And so... Uh, but you know, luckily I got six catches for 93 yards. So I'm balancing it out way. <laughs> Eric, you're quite the family man. Are you having any issues dealing with the isolated aspects of your current living situation? I'm a, I'm a loner, man. I'm good. Uh, I don't really need much. Plus, you know, it, this gives me the, the, the perfect time to, to better myself. You know, um, I have things that I have to work on as a person, um, outside of football, you know, so this gives me the perfect opportunity to to grow, to be a better person, to um, when when it is off season time, you know, maybe I'm, I'm a better husband or I'm a better father or I learned something new or I came up with a new idea or I have, you know, this new perspective or new maybe just vibe about me. You know, it's, it's a perfect opportunity. And that's how I look at it is to just work on myself at the end of the day. What there's nothing else to do. So why waste it? We've already had games delayed and rescheduled. But could you envision COVID ever causing the NFL season to be completely canceled? Man, I mean, you know, I would say that's negative talk, but that's not. You know, that's just realistic. You know, that's being real. You know, obviously, we don't want that to happen. And we're doing everything, I think, around the league just to continue football and continue to make it through the season. I think we have a good plan. Um, I seen that they, they came out today and they tested and none of them tested positive. So that was like a good little sign. So we just got to figure it out. We got to put our minds together and figure it all out. Eric, you saw this coming, didn't you? Bro, it's, uh, I gave to week three for stuff to start happening. Week three, exactly stuff happened. I mean, I'm here until they tell me I ain't got to be here no more. And as soon as they tell me I ain't got to be here no more, I'm going to be the first thing smoking up out of here. Because at the end of the day, I am missing my family and I am sacrificing things that I don't necessarily want to sacrifice, but I have to sacrifice. So honestly, I just I I didn't see us playing. Um, I, I really honestly believe that we could have went without football for a year. Um, but at the end of the day, yes, I would love to play the game of football because at the end of the day, it is the the, the game that I love. I mean, I'm not going to lie. The first three weeks, I thought we were good as gold, but I gave it two, three weeks and I knew something was going to happen because of the amount of people that were around and not even the people that were around, but the people that are around us and the people that are around us who they're around. So NFL 2020, baby, that's all I can say. I mean, that's what people want to call it. At the end of the day, it's NFL 2020. It's 2020, point blank period. It's a hell of a year. When it comes to COVID, for majority of us, this has been the most intense, unpredictable year. It's crazy when it comes to athletes dealing with COVID because financially we're okay. But when it comes to the virus itself, I believe COVID has made athletes more human than we have ever been. Even the typical things that athletes deal with, injuries, 
we heal up faster. We we act as if we're tougher. So our bravado and ego, it, it gives us this focus to kind of push through hard times. But this virus can care less how high you can jump, how fast you can run. And I think for that reason, it has made us more human and it has humbled athletes. When athletes are diagnosed with corona, it's almost shocking because for the most part, I feel like athletes are looked at as superheroes. And it's like COVID is everybody's kryptonite. You know, I've walked around majority of my life feeling like the most athletic dude in the room. But this experience that we're all having, dealing with the toughest opponent that any athlete has ever faced, the coronavirus, it has all made us the same. So with that said, I think athletes should come out of this remembering what this feels like. You know, when you have that moment of feeling like you're above it or you're removed from the struggle, just remember, we were all humbled the same way. Before we wrap things up for the week, it's time for Quick Outs. Odell Beckham Jr. and the Browns had a big game against the Cowboys. Jamal, how do you feel about your fellow LSU Tiger alum? Are you a fan? Me and O, man, we have a, we have a special, unique bond. We understand each other. We're very, very similar in a lot of ways, and we went through some similar things. <laughs> like, O and I miss New York. We miss it. I can, I can, I can tell you that. We miss the city. But playing there, it just wasn't for us. Like, it's not that we were, we couldn't handle the, the, the pressure. Like, I can't stand when people say, I don't see that so time. We couldn't handle the pressure. But bro, it's just, you know, always been balling, man. And I'm, I'm happy for him that he's doing his thing. And, 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 you know, he's always sending texts and I'm always sending texts to him, man. The love is there, man. He already know that. Yeah, that's my dog. That's my damn dog. As last week's Giants Rams game ended, a wild brawl erupted. Eric, ever lose it on the field? You'll never get me to a point on a football field where I feel like we got to fight. I'm telling I'm not that kind of person. If you want to fight, you can send me a location, an address, whatever. We can meet in the offseason. We can meet midday, parking lot. We can meet in church. Jesus is gonna see the ass whooping wherever. So you might as well do it in his own backyard. We can meet wherever. Because at the end of the day, I'm out there to handle business. And if you're upset or personally upset about anything, let's handle it. You know what I'm saying? But I'm not gonna do it in my place of business. You know, I'm I'm not gonna back down from the fight. I'm just not gonna do it there. So, yeah, I mean, I've never been that heated. Um, I could get that heated, but just not in my workplace. Emmanuel, you had a front row seat to one of the NFL's most infamous brawls back when you were a Bronco. I remember when we were in Oakland. Oh, I remember Crabtree. Like I seen Crabtree at uh at uh. Well, first of all, Lee snatched his chain the first game. And then the second game, I'm in pregame, you know, I say, what's up to crowd? See, crowd kind of like tense. And so I'm looking at him. He's like in pregame, just staring at Lee, just staring at Lee. I said, oh, man, I said, I said, crab haven't let it go. I said, crab haven't let it go, man. Like he, he like he pissed off and it's just pregame, right? So I said, oh, man, I said, something crazy about to go down. So the first play, Crabtree comes out. He's not over to Lee. He's over Chris Harris. He comes out and pretty much slaps Chris Harris, right? And so I'm like, oh, Lord, he about to go to Tlaib's side. I said, let me see what's about to happen. And next thing you know, they just go at it full out brawl. Like, literally, it was like an MMA fight. Like, helmets off, like, Lee waiting on him to swing and crowd waiting. And, they, you know, and so, you know, when you look at it, he was like, dang, like, that was a bad look for the league. But 
I loved it. I'm not even gonna lie to you. I'm not even gonna lie to you. I kind of, I kind of loved it. I mean, who didn't love that, right? Like, who didn't love? It? I didn't, I didn't love the fact that you know, you know, they they took their money and whatnot. But you know, you you, you kind of love that. I, 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 you know, I don't, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't say like fighting is like good. But we we I mean if you like MMA fighting if you like boxing football is a, like it's a physical sport right and just like hockey like guys go at it so you know that's why I'm saying you know I liked it like I like I I'll go to a hockey game and I see two dudes throw off their helmets and throw off their gloves I'm like oh yeah I like this right here and if you say that you don't like it then I don't well hey whatever but that's what I like you know. Shifting gears, Jamal, you mentioned on Twitter you have beef when it comes to fines for lowering your helmet and defensive players are getting picked on. Tell us more about that double standard. Yeah, yeah, you know, I had got fined 20 or 25. It's one of those. I got my hearing tomorrow. If you're going you to be fair with call, always calling defensive players for, for, for helmet to helmet, let's call it both ways. It's, a, it's around the league. I keep seeing it and people keep talking about it. I mean, my boy Diggs just got hit for going for the ball in the Miami game, and they said it was helmet to helmet. So it's like, bro, we gotta we gotta figure it out as as a collective group. If we're gonna find defensive players for lowering our helmet, let's 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 do that to the offensive side too. Like, if we're both lowering our helmet, we both need to be fine. Like, don't just one sided because now it's like, what do you want us to do? If they lower their helmet, we trying to get them down. We gotta get lower than them, and sometimes. The helmet is gonna, it's gonna touch. You're gonna touch each other's helmet. Unless you want playing leather caps, don't say like, oh, no helmet to helmet. Like that's gonna happen. That's what the helmets are for, to protect your head if you do get hit in the head. But obviously we wanna keep it clean and safe. And, and, and I'm all for that, but we gotta be fair, bro. Emmanuel, as a receiver, what do you have to say? For me, like, I don't, I don't, I don't think that defensive guys should get fine. You know, for me, like, I say like when I walk into an arena and it's a full of people like like one of my favorite movies is Gladiator because I feel like a gladiator, right? Like I know what I signed up for. I know what I'm here for. I know that I know what comes with it and I'm about it, right? Uh but you know, obviously the NFL gotta protect themselves. They try to try to say they protecting the players you know whole nine yards but you know for me i say hey look go out and play ball as long as it's not crossing the line right like you know every time i see somebody get fined for stuff like twenty five thousand dollars for trying to leave with the like some sometimes like you can't avoid that right like you can't avoid it and so i don't think nobody i don't think uh neither uh should get fined especially not twenty five thousand dollars for something that you're not intentionally trying to do because if you ask anybody if you're trying to leave with your helmet and, and, and pay twenty five thousand, nobody would say, "Yeah, I'm trying to do that." And finally, there's no segue to take us to this. Eric offers his take on the president contracting COVID. Uh, yeah, let's let's talk about it. There should be punishment to say things that are so misleading, especially as a president. And I feel like. And I try to put this analogy to people, people to understand, right? Um, so we always talk about our franchise, right? We always talk about how we want to perceive our franchise. Like the Steelers franchise is perceived off of, you know, say Ben Roethlisberger, right? Um, the Ravens franchise is perceived off of Lamar Jackson, Kansas City, Pat Mahomes. 
The United States franchise is perceived off of Donald Trump. Would you pay him $503 million to run, this, run your country? You feel what I'm saying? That's, 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 how I, that's how I've been trying to get people to understand, you know, or our franchise player never corrects anything he's done. For him to say that he's damn near immune to COVID, dog, that had to be about the top three dumbest things you could ever say. You know, some kids and some young adults look up to this stupidity and it it doesn't make us better. This shit, his time almost up. We ain't tripping, you know. We'll see in November. Hopefully, you know, he lead like a man. If not, we don't expect him to, but he gonna get up out of there like a man. Hopefully. <laughs> Hopefully. I hope you enjoyed this episode of 17 Weeks. The show is brought to you by Uninterrupted, SiriusXM, and Pandora. You can listen on demand on SiriusXM and for free on the Pandora app. The show is also available on Apple Podcasts and other podcast platforms. Wherever you listen to it, be sure to subscribe so you can get notified when a new episode drops every Thursday. If you like what you heard, and I know you do, come on fam, don't even front. Spread the love. Share the show. You know what I'm saying? I'm your host, Nate B. Shout out to my co-hosts, Jamal Adams, Emmanuel Sanders, and Eric Ebron. This show is executive produced by John Fontanelli. Our producer is Josh Rodriguez. And our associate producer is Logan Casterdale. Editing and sound design by Chris Weatherspoon. The show is also produced by Chris Tyler and Andrew Emmer. Brandon Gitches, Senior Director, Podcast Production at SiriusXM. Andy King, Director, Sports Programming at SiriusXM. And it's written by John McLaughlin. Archival sound courtesy of the NFL Network and ESPN. All right, till next week, we out.